Listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven in our homes. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We are stream we we are also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. Hit C first to hear and see all the great programs we have here on WNHH. And we are also streaming on Greenhaven Media and Pro Cannabis Media. So welcome to Cannabis Corner. It is Monday, December the 5th. I can't believe we're already into December. Um, but I am joined here by my illustrious co-host, Hemp Farmer Lou, Uncle Lou, and I am your host. Joe Lachance. Lou, how are you today? I'm doing amazing, brother. How are you doing today? You I'm know, doing it's always great. Nice. I'm it's always doing nice. great. It's always nice to catch up with you on a beautiful Monday. You know what I mean? It's it's uh it's always something of a breath of fresh air, I guess. Right, brother? <laughs> well, thank you, Lou. And it's the same with me. I always love to hear what's going on with you, what's going on in Connecticut, and all those different kind of things. But um you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of people this week before we get into the events and stuff. Well, um, yeah, we got a lot of really cool things going. Also, I uh, just question before you start doing the shout outs. It's it's one of the last times before the legislation starts to get ready to start convening, right? After the election and there's timings all coming up for all of that too, right? Yeah, the legislator in Connecticut usually convenes the beginning of February. Yeah, so they're they're all in between what's going on. So it's pretty cool. You know? Yeah, it seems like they got the licensing done. Obviously, the word came out. I mean, there was a big article written that Connecticut now looks to have retail sales by, uh, like we said, the first quarter of next year, which probably yeah. means the spring. And they did mention that for, I think, all of the fine fettles, all the fine fellows, congratulations as well. You know, we just had him on our yeah. show. And Blue Point, I think, got their hybrids and Willowbrook. So there nice. will be some hybrid dispensaries that'll be ready to be opened uh, at the beginning of the first quarter. And then I guess the other ones are still waiting on approvals or whatever. Um, so that'll be yep, that's... So very proud of Willow, very proud of everybody who got to do what they had to do. Just, you know, hey, they did what they did. Um, but yeah. congratulations to them. And then congratulations to all the new adult use customers who will um, look to be supplied through them. You know what I mean? Also, remember, yep. patients have home grow rights. That's one thing that I always want to 
Remember yeah, in July, patients there. have home grow rights right now, and everybody yep. will have home grow rights in July. So it's time to start gearing up and get your grows ready, too. Yep. Um, because even though maybe the sales start in July, there's nothing, you know, you can always It's not going to be anybody new. It's going to be all the same old stuff. But my big thing is, and this is one thing we always talk about, is that home grow aspect. And I'm pretty excited because our guest today is also that. Let's let's do your shout outs, Joe, because we started to ramble a little bit. I started that. I'm sorry. That's all <laughs> right, dude. We have time. We have plenty of time so uh yeah no um but i think and they also mentioned one thing before we get off this topic they also mentioned that only three out of the four um you know big growers have expanded their canopy enough to handle the uh the, the start the use market so theraplant is the only one who has not um increased their canopy yet i would assume they're in construction phase but the other three have, and they're ready to roll. They will be ready to roll with products. So hopefully there'll be some new products. You know, maybe they'll be a little bit different than what they're already selling into. Who the knows, Joe? They, they're going to give no the same. I have no clue. Lou, I lost you there for a minute. But anyway, while I'm waiting for Lou to get back on, he... I no, guess I'm he, here, brother. Oh, there you go. You muted yeah, by accident. Yeah, yeah just okay. muted by accident, bro. No problem. No, what I was saying is they're just going to be offering the same things. That's why, once again, medical home grow. So if you have a medical car, go ahead and grow your wheat. Um, I tell them to everybody all the time, no matter what place I'm going to be in the world or whatever I am or wherever I am, one thing will always hold true. We're still cultivators at heart, so... I know that there's tons of people and we have these conversations in, in every arena and either you are a cultivator, somebody who grew out of passion for the plant, you're going to keep growing. It's not like you're not going to grow. Like I know that as a medical patient, I'm going to continue cultivating what I need to do as a medical patient in the, in the size that's legal for myself. So I got to play by the rules. I'll play by the rules, but I'm not going to stop growing my weed. Right. Well, <laughs> right, 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 right. Very, very true. And and I just hope as many patients take advantage of that as possible. I hope um, everybody's growing wheat. Oh, yeah. By July, I hope everybody is. Less people that have to uh, give taxes to Connecticut. Yeah. But <laughs> I did want to shout out to a couple people. I did want to give a shout out to our good friend, Brian Valencia, over there at Quality Over Quantity CBD uh please uh send him some business go if you want to get some christmas presents go check out what he's got over there at his shop it'd be great if you paid him a visit and, yeah yeah big shout out to him he's going through a lot right now and you know yeah. he's trying to keep the shop open and you know um any support goes a really long way yeah he needs he needs our support so if you guys are out there you need some good cbd uh, and you're in the area or even if you want to order it online you know support brian uh, he's a really, really good guy, and he's got a great heart, and he's a good friend of the show. Um, We're all trying, brother. So, yeah. Um, what's next, brother? Oh, uh, the other shout out I wanted to give was to Uncle Pat. Yes, <laughs> he's getting married yeah. at the beginning of the year. Um, married, <laughs> married Bless Uncle Pat. Can you believe that, dude? Bless I never thought I'd I'm see so that happy guy get for married. Everybody. I'm so I'm happy so happy for him. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Dope. Yeah, Very much. He's having a, yep. He's having a bachelor party at the cellar. It'll be this weekend. I believe it's on Sunday. So if you want to go over and give your wishes to Pat, even if you just stop by for a drink, 
that'll be this Sunday over at the cellar. It'll be Pat's bachelor. So. And remember, the place is always super friendly to the community. Any yes. community, all communities that partake in the uh, communist plants. Yes, they have the special smoking patio. Well, you know, it's, it's whatever that it's out there. Whatever happens yep. out there happens out there. Well, it's legal. It's <laughs> legal. Right. There's no schools around there, brother. No, so. no, no. <laughs> um, uh, but yes. So what's what's the next go we at got, it? So we got some events coming up that I wanted to mention this week. Um, okay. Our guest, Mike Goodenough, is actually sponsoring a meet and greet. Um, he'll tell us a little bit more about that when he comes on. But it's uh, with an MMA. He sponsors yep. an MMA group. And, who does very well the, the group is kicking kicking butt right now in all honesty and it's pretty cool to see that there is actually a cbd brand being one of those title sponsors you actually see their logo right on the um right on the the mat and everything so it's pretty cool you know it's it's been embraced and they're going to be on the show in january hi yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has a. I'm really excited to talk to him, catch up with Mike and what he's doing. They also just opened up uh, Himalayan High. I'm gonna make sure to bring that up. Um, okay. But what else? What else you got on your list before we get to that portion, Joe? Okay, I got the uh, Connecticut Cannabis Chamber of Commerce. Yes. They're an organization they partnered up with NECAN. They are doing an event on December the 7th. So I guess it's this Wednesday. Uh, it is Together We Grow. It is an industry-wide cannabis business expo and networking event. So that is this Wednesday at the Hartford Club. And it's from 2.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and it's uh, the Connecticut Cannabis Chamber of Commerce. So it's a special chamber of commerce designed just for... Uh, People in the cannabis industry. So it would be, and apparently all the booths are sold out. So it could be a good event to go to. Uh, you can contact the Connecticut Cannabis Chamber of Commerce if you want more information. And like I said, they have partnered up with NECAN uh, this event. So that ought to be an interesting thing. Uh, then on this uh, December the 9th, that's this Friday night, there is a paint and toke down at um, the Grove from 7 to 9 p.m. And of course, you know, the Grove is my old stomping grounds. And I always like to support what Rich and Gloria are doing down there. No, I and, get you, brother. Yep, yep. And then on December the 16th, there is Connecticut is doing a... Uh, a holiday party, the Happy Holidays party, and it's the fifteenth actually. And yep. it's uh, it, they got all you can eat pizza, trivia by the Weed Game Show, gaming, uh, raffle vendors, an indoor smoke tent, and a special visit by Canna Claus. And hopefully we could get them on to talk about that. They will they'll well be on next week. They're coming exactly. on next week. I so just wanted wonder. to mention it because the tickets are closing out at the end of the week. Beautiful because they. You know, it's not the the events that they host are not vending events. They're not someplace you're going to go and be able to pick up cannabis. You're not going to be able to go there. But if you happen to bring your own, the location is friendly. They've made yep. sure to supply the environment to make it nice and easy. And you could get tons of different art and crafty type of things. I know they're really pushing their new smoker's jacket, as they were talking about, a couple of limited edition ones or whatever. Um, yeah, which is they're nice. coming so on next up. week. 
they're coming on next yeah. week. Um, but I did want to promote the event because the tickets are closing out at the end. Yeah, of the week. so buy your tickets if you can. Um, and support them as they oh, you um, our good friend Jocelyn will be selling so chill CBD there. Yes, um, yeah, and she's coming on in January. So. Yeah, there's a couple, and then Wicked, the they used to host an event series, but they're pretty cautious and they've taken to you know, have followed the letter of the law. Wicked, Wicked Smoke Fest, I believe the name of the organization is. They'll be there as well. I'm trying to think of the other. Um, um, PZ. Crap. PZ will be there. There you go. Um, and uh, I guess a couple people that were there last year. So definitely check it out. That's one of the other highlighted ones. Uh, the Peyton Tokes will be a good ones. Um, and then other than that, big shout out to the Puerto Rican community, because as you know, I, I'll keep talking about it. The Puerto Rican community celebrates that pretty hard so big time so if you're local in new haven you can actually find out a ton of find a ton of celebratory parandas food little markets um if you're in hartford very much the same if you're in any of those culturally diverse areas look out for those things and if you've ever been a part of a, a puerto rican paranda you get to enjoy the the music the festivities the fun and you get that awesome vibe that just kind of pops up and you enjoy the holiday spirit once again celebrations is one thing that Puerto Ricans do very, very, very well. And we're very proud of it. Yes. And I can attest to that. We had our big tree lighting uh, celebration actually uh, this fr last Friday night. And it was, they had a band, they had all kinds of food trucks and all kinds of lights. They had a bouncy house for adults, an adult bouncy house. And uh, yes, they do know how to celebrate. They do. And I did see in New Haven, they are doing a Three Kings celebration, big celebration mm -hmm. party on January 5th. So, yep. yeah, the, it is definitely a festive time down here. You would think it's already Christmas by just walking around. Right now, I can hear they're playing music outside my uh, outside my window. Right outside the window. Yeah. Navidad is one of the biggest. We enjoy it. So, and, and so if you've got yourself a Latino, and the big thing over the last couple of years, people have really started to get the knowledge of the Coquito everybody you know, uh, starts yes. like, you know now they're like wait a second you do the coquito i'm like we do the coquito i'm like i put weed in my coquito too <laughs> they make that down here dude it's a specialty That's um right they they sell the infused coquito down here i'm just That's getting right. to mike here i have to text that's him. right he, it looks like he's trying to connect in here. So it's always nice. Oh, when wait, we there he is. Coming. Wait, okay. I don't have to text it to him. There's Mr. Mike. But yeah, I did want to discuss a few things with Mike, but especially this new bill that was signed by um, Joe Biden for cannabinoid research. And um, it, I just wanted to get his thoughts on that. Uh I'm looking forward to hear that too, because over at Sweden, they really do do a ton of uh, terpene research. I know that they do a ton of independent research, and I'm really excited to see what they move forward into the next part four. Yeah, yeah. So Mike is connected. I think he's muted. Mike, can you unmute for us? Unmute, and uh, we'll get, we can talk to you. Hold on. I'm going to text. Can you hear me there? I can hear you now, Mike. So, uh, hey, you, how's it going, brother? With us on the line, we have <laughs> Mr. Mike Goodenough, and Mike is very passionate about scientific based research efforts in the hemp processing industry and has partnered with local universities studying extraction techniques 
and efficiencies for several years. For more than 20 years, he's served on the board of directors for numerous local charities and small businesses, creating several nonprofit organizations, supporting people living with HIV AIDS, sheltering the homeless, supplying food pantries, providing assistance to veterans, supporting abused women and children, and several youth organizations. Mike is a decorated Marine Corps combat veteran who brings the same pride and worth ethic he displayed in the armed services to everything he does for his customers, company, and community. Mike, it is a pleasure, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I just guys, want- Guys, good to be here. Yeah, it's nice always to catch up with you, but we were just mentioning um, the bill that President Biden signed. I don't know if you've heard about this for extended uh, cannabinoid research. They're promoting it as a historic cannabis bill, the nation's first standalone cannabis reform bill, paving the way for researchers to more easily investigate the plants medicinal properties and being a researcher um i'm wondering what you what you think of that what do you think of that bill you know i think it's great i i mean ultimately I, there's a lot of things that are hidden within it too so let's not generalize the bill but generalize you know the mission um you guys know being hemp we can work with the local universities but being right. thc you can't because as THC, you are now advertising to minors. Most of the students are actually minors in the sense of less than 21 years of age. And so this opens up cannabis research around THC and not just around hemp and its cannabinoids, right? So um, it's great and can be also dangerous in the sense that at least we've always had a little bit of a leg up being the hemp side of the fence. Um, now it's going to be a... a <laughs> try and compete with the money that's going to flood in from the large THC organizations, you know? Yeah. And I always, and of course me, you know, I'm always worried about this could lead to some big pharma takeover where if they discover some specific type of medicine that they think can cure cancer or do something else, they're going to want to patent it and own it. And, uh, you know, then we end up with, you know, the FDA getting involved and big pharma and who knows where that will lead. Uh, the cannabis industry. But again, that's always thinking the worst. Um, but you never know, something like that could happen as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you got the, hey, Lou, it's good to hear your voice back there, man. I miss you, brother. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that we, none of us can patent this molecule. The, the molecule, unless it's completely synthetic and taken completely out of its native form, right? So Epidiolex being THCA, uh, THC-6A-10A, it's never going to be found native, right? It is a complete, straight, 100% synthetic. Um, they've manipulated the molecule to equal something that will never be found in native in, in, in nature. Um, you can patent the method of extraction. You can patent the method of delivery. <clears throat> and you can patent the medical, um, you, the suggested medical relief or um, plausibility. Um, but as long as that molecule exists and has existed in nature, no one's going to be able to get a patent around it individually. Um, and it's kind of important for people to understand that as they see folks who might be pushing towards patents, these are people that are really promoting the synthetic realm. And that's what we definitely, to your point, that's where farm is going to go, man. They're going to go right. straight to the synthetic side and, you know, they're already doing it, right? Everybody's consuming HHC. Everybody's consuming Delta 7. 
you know, there's these things don't they don't exist natively in the plant. They don't. Right, right, right. So that and that is the way Big Pharma always goes. They've been trying to mm-hmm. create a synthetic THC for years. This is where all you know. This is where Marinol comes in, which obviously we know isn't very effective. But a lot of those, um, what was it, that fake cannabis stuff, you know, what do they call it, spice, were actually Mm. um, failed attempts at synthetic cannabinoids. Um, Absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. but now with the ability to do more research, you're right, they may actually, uh, and synthesize it a lot more, they may actually come up with medicines that they can patent. You know that again. That's dangerous for those of us who who want to see the plant free. You know, <laughs> straight up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, so definitely. So, what's going on up at Sweet Hill? What are you guys working on now? What's what's the newest, latest products you got? And uh, you know, I also know that <laughs> you did pick up a, a, a an adult use license in Massachusetts as well. So, how's that all coming? Ooh, uh, two great conversations that could probably take more time than we ever we have straight across the board. Sweet, sweet heels jamming. I got to be honest. Um, you know, it, it's it's been really amazing. Um, you know, one of our newest grad students just filed their first uh, their their first grant for a study um, on utilizing um, or the differences between colloidal silver and STS, um, which again, from a hemp based perspective, we can get access to. Um, so we're really seeing kind of that next generation step up and, and embrace um, the academic kind of kind of realm that's there. Um, you know, we're doing some amazing work with Eastern um, on studies with mice and the endocannabinoid system in each one of the organs um, and actually how they're processing CBD, CBDV and um, CBG right now. Um, and uh, we're playing with... Uh, uh, SUNY, so um, State University of, of New York, um, we're playing with them um, in a, a around tissue culturing. Um, and, you know, tissue culturing and the concept of tissue culturing is all the way from what we would normally call cloning. You have a lot more cells within your culture, but a clone is a tissue culture. You can get all the way down to a single cell. Um, and so for your listeners, you know, tissue culturing, don't let it be something mysteri- mystery, mysterious. Um, the reality is it is what you do and call cloning. Um, but the difference is, is it goes all the way down to a single cell. Um, and so we're doing a great study with them on that. Um, and we're working with uh, UConn um, uh, and a, another um, tissue culturing uh, effort. And then we have some really incredible stuff that's happening um, up in Massachusetts uh, around a dual use grant. So we're going to be uh, doing a solar field. Um, that solar field is going to contain, uh, we're going to farm below it. So the solar panels are raised above tractor height and they rotate with the sun so that our crops below them can get full sun. And uh, it's really the first in the country at scale. Uh, there's been a number wow. of different implementations but yeah, man, we're freaking, we're, we're just, we're so loving the integration with the community and the students and the academic world. Um, you know, all of this is leading towards our CBD to V products, our CBDA products. 
Um, and so, you know, it's just driving some amazing collaboration back to the farmers, back to our core, you know? Wow. Wow. That's excellent. Mike, when you say dual use, you mean, um, both hemp and, um, cannabis, I guess you would call it, uh, on the same grounds. No. So unfortunately we can't do hemp or cannabis dual use, meaning we're going to farm and oh. the, the, the property is going to be able to generate revenue from farming and solar and the property is going to be able to generate revenue from solar, which um, again, kind of offset some of the green or the carbon footprint that's left behind from creating the solar panel. Um, because you're not now also taking up a footprint of space uh, with, with, you know, um, um, foliage or, or other growing growth. Right. Right. Oh, so that's very interesting. So this, you got both sides going on. You got the hemp farming and you got regular um, agricultural farming going on. So that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's excellent, Mike. That's excellent. (laughs) And uh, I know, um, um, tell me a little bit about CBDV. This is a new one on me. I've heard of CBDA. I've heard of CBD, CBG. I've heard of CBN, but I have not heard of the CBDV. Tell me a little bit about that. It's really your appetite suppressant, right? Some people are taking it and converting it into THCV, which is t- supposedly 10 times stronger than, than THC. Um, the reality is, though, CBDV has some really amazing effects. Um, it is an appetite suppressant. So obviously, when you smoke a real hardcore um, sativa and you don't want to eat and you're jazzed and you're energized and you're running hard and running fast, that's very much what CBDV gives you without the psychotropic effect, right? Without the high effect. Um, and, you know, of course, there's a number of it's, it's the newest really molecule that we're looking at out there um, that is right now something that, you know, there's a national standard. So multiple labs can see this molecule. It's not just a molecule that is brand new and nobody really understands it or can see it. Um, and there was a lot of hemp grown over the past couple of years that would contain CBDV. Um, and again, it's an amazing appetite suppressant. But they're also seeing it for digestive. They're also seeing it for um, a, a number of other positive characteristics. I think we'll know more after we're done with our study towards the mid-year of next year. Um, but quite frankly, it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing molecule um, just in its, which of course we're not allowed to say, dietary um, you know, offset of, of getting rid of that appetite. Right. Oh, excellent. So I wouldn't want to say it's a weight loss drug, but it's it's to help people suppress their absolute uh, appetite. That's great. There you go. That's great. Yep. It, yeah, no, it's amazing. You know what in the what hemp's only been legal since 2018. So in the last three, four years, it's amazing how far they've come with discovering how many different uses that just the CBD has, just how many cannabinoids, oh, yeah. how you can isolate and extract specific cannabinoids. And of course, the other side mm-hmm. is how you can synthesize CBD into THC. But um, it's just amazing the amount of progress we've made. Oh, it's been extraordinary leaps and bounds, extraordinary. And again, I think from a hemp perspective, it's huge because we've been able to work with the universities. They haven't, they've been able to apply for their own license. We're extracting for three of the four universities that I just talked about. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, they're able to access the network of what's happening, integrate with the farmer or the cultivator and the growing 
folks, which again, you know, you mentioned our growth in the Massachusetts. We we're we're opening a dispensary. It's called Himalayan High. Um, it's okay. in Beckett, Massachusetts. Um, and it's, you know, our first, it's my first branch out into the THC realm because of the stability, um, because of the Massachusetts market is very different than the Connecticut market. The Massachusetts market, the banking system's completely in line, zoning, all of the things that would normally be a massive risk to us is already in place, right? There's a wholesale network of who to buy from and who to get your products through. There's, it's very risk adverse its entry point is radically different than every other state right now too. You know, if you look at Florida, Florida required that you had $30 million in the bank and the license alone was a million dollars. Right. Right. And that's why. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's why it's all MSOs that, that entry down point, there. Yes, sir. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, you know, and, yeah. and Connecticut, it, you know, Connecticut's a tough space right now. It's it, to me, it's uh, forgive the terms. It's a bloodbath. Everybody's going after everybody. And I, I want agree. mine first. You get yours. It's it's a and I really feel for the people that are that are diving into this side of the industry because everybody's going to get punched in the nose. It's it's going to be the first implementation, and everybody's going to suffer due to something not being right, ready, or in place. And um, and God bless those frontier, those people that are pushing on the frontier of what Connecticut is right now, because it's going to be a hard uphill battle. It really is. And I feel for those people that don't understand that yet, you know? Yeah, I, I, I had a discussion last week with Duncan, uh, Duncan from Better Ways about this exact thing. It's like this first, you know, round of licensing and them getting it up and running is going to be a nightmare. But it's important that the community come together with a, with an agenda of what they want changed. You know what I mean? There are a lot of changes that need to be made. It's like, okay, we went through this first round. We see where the problems were, like with the lottery, with the licenses being way too expensive, with the social equity not really going to people who who qualify, who were really qualified in the true sense of the word, uh, you know, and, and, and all the infighting within the community. Like you said, everybody jockeying for their position. If there's not a unified front with a unified agenda, there's not going to be any changes made. It's going to be the same, if not worse. The only way to, to um, you know, go, you know, get things right is to is to uh, you know, you got to fight the state. You got to go with the state with demands, and you got to be really strong. And uh, I'm just hoping that uh, the activists and the people who are going to be in the industry realize this, you know. There's, there's a, you know, you're a million percent correct. And I think that I don't, I say this all with a grain of salt. Um, I don't know if anybody's listening to us anymore, bro. Point blank. I don't think anybody's listening to us out here. I think the only thing being listened to now are the licenses that are going in. I think because of the amount of time that it's actually taken the state of Connecticut to actively get these implementations done, there's a lot of potential for lawsuit. I think the risk to the state has increased to a point where, um, you know, some of the protesting that's, that's happened or some of the events that are, have been held or some of the, um, um, 
black market support that comes from our community to our community, which is needed, man. Don't get me wrong. It's there, you know, a voice is, is a healthy voice until it is a violent voice. If it's always done peaceful, then a voice is a voice and should be heard. Right. So I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to imply inappropriate pieces, but I don't think people are listening anymore. We've been fighting for the hemp farmer for two years. We've been working with lobbyists, selectmen. We have people that come down and tour facilities consistently. They've heard that the farmer shouldn't be left behind and they've left them behind. We've done everything right. We have met with all the right people, with all the right suits on, with all the right smiles on the faces, with all the right diversity. No one's, no one's listening. They're going mean, forward with whatever. They, you mean at the state level? <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Yes, sir. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, sir. I think they're focused right now on how to save their asses on what they already put into place. And I think the, the turning over of, of positions within the state are causing a drag time of a year to two years. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I feel broken with the state's ability to hear what we're saying and, and apply it to anything other than uh, the money grubbing hands that are in there right now. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you just look at the only legislation they've actually passed was that, you know, since the actual original regulations was the anti-gifting bill, you know, and just putting more and more restrictions on it instead of making the system a little bit better. That's, that's a shame um, because I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you get the feeling that, okay, we legalize it. We're done with them now. We're done with the activists and we don't have to, uh, we mm-hmm. don't have to listen to them anymore. Now we can go about our merry mm-hmm. way and just go about and make money off of this. Um, unlike Massachusetts, you know, our social equity board is just loaded with, uh, you know, appointees and politicians People who knew nothing about cannabis, unlike Massachusetts, where their Cannabis Control Commission did at least have a couple of activists who made sure that the, you know, the agendas were were changed. And they got a lot of regulatory change up there since the original regulations. Um, They have made great strides. Um, But you're right. it, It may be a lost cause in Connecticut. Because they, you know, with Ned Lamont being reelected, you're just looking at more of the same for the next four years. Yeah, I mean, I, Sean Collins had a lot to do with what happened up in Mass and the successes that happened up in Mass. Mass. And don't get me wrong, the bureaucracy that's up there is just as thick, right? The, it, to to apply for as a minority business, you still have to do it through the state, which is completely disconnected from the Cannabis Control Commission. And so out there, if you know, we couldn't pl- qualify as a minority business, although we're a woman, a veteran, two uh, two folks who identify as Hispanic and one folk, one person that identifies as South Asian. And we're 100% diversified, but we couldn't apply for it because we're not all women, not all veterans, not all South Asian, not all Hispanic. And so we actually got dropped. Um, 50% of the company has to be owned by one specific group. And the CCC has actually created an additional means for organizations to be able to, um, to be able to file within with them, but it's only in session for a small amount of window of time. So you're screwed unless you catch that window of time. And so, you know, 
I think at least there are ways to understand and traverse it. But to get a license out there, the timeline is extraordinary. And the process needs to be continued to be reworked. And, and it's second generation, third generation, and they are. They're building on it, right? I think in Connecticut, the people who are on the frontier right now of getting these licenses are going to suffer all of the different you know, mistakes and all of the different components. And, and it's going to be a long uphill bout. And unfortunately, the MSOs are going to be ready to go. And for those that are not tied to an MSO are not going to be ready to go at the same speed that the MSOs are going to be ready to go with their joint venture license pieces. And we're going to see a massive shift of business into their hands and into their pockets, which makes the whole program liable. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, again, those people on the forefront, on that frontier of it right now, it, they're, I don't think anything else is going to happen for any of us until they work through this period. And so I think the rest of it's all on pause. Everything else is, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got more important things to work with. Right. Right. They may not, you know, they're always talking about doing a second round of licenses. They may not get around to that for a while because this first one, they still have to get it all implemented and get it all, you know, they're most people have, a lot of people have preliminary licenses, but you know, all the permanent ones haven't been awarded yet. I mean, they're still working through kinks here. You know, and this is what uh, it'll be two years next July, right? 2023. So, you know, but it's typical. And in the meantime, totally. And in the meantime, allowing a completely illegal market in our common gas stations and other places, right? The, 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 the legacy market that exists, um, at the end of the day, that's always going to exist. And we're actually just making it more legal for people to possess and be in possession and give to a friend or a or somebody that they're passionate or want to care about. Right. But as far as this illegal products being sold in these gas stations and, you know, understand the state really can't do anything. Let's just say you uh, no, let's, let's take any of, in case we no listener hears this part, let's say there's a manufacturer in New Jersey manufacturing a THC gummy that's illegal in our state and they ship it to our state. Once right. it left their state, no, our, our local police can't go knock on the door of a New Jersey manufacturer and said, you have an illegal product in our state that that's, it's controlled by the state. So there is no way to police interstate operations right now and this right. is the reason that we have a hundred products coming from all of these illegal sources flooding into our state consuming the business that should be waiting for the recreational market and consuming the cbd market that exists here so we're actually allowing a massive erosion of the current market um by not allowing you know honestly not allowing an accountability to the wholesale supplier that gave that gas station the product because we don't want that gas station attendant to be held responsible. They don't know any of these differences of cannabinoids, just like they don't know the difference between dye number yellow 22 and red, yellow, blue, orange in the Cheetos that are sitting right. on there. That's not their job. Right. You know, the, the salesman just comes in and says, Hey, these are selling real well. Do you want some? Yeah, I'll take them, you know? And, and that's it. And they a, don't, they a, don't even know what Delta A, HHC, they don't even know what that is. And they shouldn't be held responsible to. They were sold a product by a wholesale supply company or direct 
And that should be the person who's held accountable, who then in turn should hold the supplier, the manufacturer accountable. But none of this is happening. And so it's allowing an entire, you can't call it a legacy market. You can't call it a black market. It's an erosion of the current customer. And you're seeing it in the medical market. There are more people buying these products. The medical market has had a huge downturn. So anyway, sorry, we digressed. Yeah, no, but uh, no, I agree with you. And then we've always said that that was the one loophole that they're allowing gas stations and and places, convenience stores to sell inferior and and, and in some cases illegal CBD products because most of them aren't manufactured here in Connecticut. You know, only the boutique shops and, and, you know, the head shops around and some of the dispensaries are selling the Connecticut made stuff. But what you see in a gas station is mass produced in another state and and it probably isn't what it says it is on the label. And it just slips through the cracks. It just slips through the cracks. And because it's right out there in plain view, someone's grabbing a lottery ticket or a pack of cigarettes, getting gas and they see CBD or Delta 8, you know, and they've heard about it. They're going to pick it up because it's going to be cheaper at the gas station than it is anywhere else. So, no, I agree with you. And this really has nothing to do with the legacy market. This is normal consumers. You know, we have to understand the legacy market is still only known by a certain segment of of the community. Um, But the average consumer only only sees what he sees out there in plain view. And, you know, unfortunately- they're going to get low quality products and they're not going to have a good, a favorable view of what CBD or CBV or any of these things could actually do for them. And I always stress the importance of buying local craft made small batch CBD, you know, um, Hallelujah. and the same with, if, if you're going to buy, uh, you know, anything else in, in the legacy market, same thing low craft go with the craft go with the best quality you can um but yeah it's it's going to be quite a rocky time and i and i you know i just hope uh you know i hope the people of connecticut and the advocates and the activists are ready because they got they got the work cut out for them really really do and just to remind everybody i'm always here if you need consulting strategy you can always get in touch with me through my social media um but Mike, now we, me and Lou were talking earlier. Sweet Heel also sponsors an MMA group. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I'm very excited about that because I'm having them on the show in January. And I just think it's a very cool partnership. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think... Um, supporting the community is always important, right? And so we have we have tattoo artists, and and we have just a broad scope of different types of people that that we and um, you know verticals that we kind of tap into. But I think our heart of heart sits within the MMA community. You know, fighters, what a fighter gives up out of their life to step into that ring is extraordinary, and it's not until they reach top level that they actually start making money. The rest of the time, they got to pay for their own training, and and it's a hard it's a hard battle, and uh, you know that uh, these fighters need to go in the ring fighting a battle, not worrying about their bills. And so we've always been big on sponsoring within the MMA community. 
um, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have uh, a world champ coming down to our store um, in Meriden. Um, and, uh, and uh, that's today that? at between, today? that's today, six to seven. Um, and we have uh, our welterweight heavyweight, our welterweight champion, world champion, uh, bare knuckle fighter coming down to sign autographs. Um, and you can get a signed autograph from him. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this, this, if you think about what these folks go through to get in that ring, take blows to the head, the amount of energy and time and wear and tear on the body you go through to train, to drop weight. Um, it's an, it's an extraordinary thing. It's an extreme athlete. And, uh, you know, we, we will do everything we can to support that group of people, um, through their journey. What is the name of the, uh, what is the name of the group? Uh, the name, uh, well, so we, we support a couple of different groups, um, you know, from an overall perspective, um, in the past, we've always, um, been heavily focused on, uh, on a, a fight club that unfortunately is no longer, um, you know, no longer with us. Um, they've, they've since kind of, uh, petered out and, and left the industry. Um, we just started working with, and a lot of this is actually based on Jeremy. So our general manager, Jeremy. Um, it's just an extraordinary individual. His, his son is going to be fighting at Mohegan, uh, I believe in January. Um, and, uh, and so Jeremy is, 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 is huge within the MMA space. Um, and, uh, a firm believer in, uh, in what's been happening within, you know, within the growth of MMA as a whole. Um, obviously UFC is wonderful and brilliant. Um, but at the end of the day, they've also uh, ended up um, stealing a lot of that limelight, right? There's a, lot, there's a lot of folks that are underneath that limelight that fight on their way up. And right, so these, right. new, these new groups are, are, are banging. Um, and so, um, so, yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, no, and, and I know I'm going to have one of the groups on, uh, on the show in January. So that ought to be interesting to... Uh to talk to them. But I, I think obviously as a fighter, CBD, it would be very beneficial for the aches and pains and uh, for stress relief, you know, all the different things. And now you got CBDV for, for uh, appetite suppressant, if you need to make weight. So I think it's a perfect, uh, like a perfect mix, you know, a perfect mesh there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Right. Right. So we only it's got a couple in general, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, me, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. So I'd love to see you pair up with a pro wrestler <laughs> and start selling your CBD <laughs> to the WWE, but uh... <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so that's great. Well, stuff, no, I mean, Mike. honestly, so yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think uh, we, we have, uh, so Seth is the fighter who is going to be coming down, right? Seth, the body snatcher. Um, and that's our, that's our, our camp. Um, we actually just started doing work with, uh, with Yuck Mouth, who does the I've Got Five on it, right? He's, he's the singer from I've Got Five on it. Um, oh, okay. And then, okay. The yep. And then um, Mark Coleman, of course, who is the uh, original heavyweight champion of UFC. We're actually making some products for him. So we've integrated with him and, and his group. Um, and uh, um, again, here's a wonderful, extraordinary athlete that set the tone for the world, um, you know, and, and at the same time um, 
is is kind of devoting time and energy into into the industry as a whole. Um, and so it's uh, it's amazing to see these people getting involved with our industry um, and and you know making an impact. You know, that's great. That's great. So yeah, I did want to mention that you also develop products, custom you know custom labels products for other people as well besides just the sweet heel brand and i know you're also sold at a lot of stores down in connecticut um you know the the cbd hemp shop the connecticut hemp shop down there cbd plus so people can find all your all your products and maybe some of even the other products that you produce uh, under other labels all over connecticut and probably all over the states right Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, we do. We have 78 labels um, all across the country that we absolutely help and and build products towards. Um, We are in um, shops all over Connecticut. um, And uh, we actually, (laughs) we just, so we just started manufacturing a product in mass. So the hemp is grown in mass. It's extracted here in Connecticut. And then the manufacturing of the product is done in mass, which allows us to put our products. So we're working with, uh, um, Ralph Rogers out in Massachusetts, um, via his manufacturing license. So he's manufacturing our three products that are now available in dispensaries in Massachusetts. Oh, so nice. obviously Connecticut, all of the local hemp farmers got kicked out of. Um, and so we decided to go out to mass and get some of our sweet heel products in the mass, as long as the hemp is grown in mass. So we support a local hemp farmer for that. And then uh, it's manufactured in mass. So we support a local manufacturing company out there. And so it's the first time that we have someone manufacturing Sweet Heels products. Um, and uh, we're very proud of that implementation and that, uh, that first effort up in the mass dispensaries. Oh, congratulations on that. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, I really am disappointed in the state and the way they have not supported, even though in the beginning they acted like they supported the hemp farmers. They have not really supported the local hemp farmers, like you say, by allowing no. the dispensaries to kick them out and by not including them mm. like New York did in the legal market. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, especially the ones growing indoor, are already set up. They're already set up to Ready do to it. go tomorrow. Right. We could be supporting those folks rather than having to go to the larger MSOs. You know? Right. And, and you so, could be right. But, you know, I mean, again, come back to like Combat FC, the Fight Club. I think that's the group you guys have coming on the show. Yes, it they're is. They're a medium, you know, they're, they're, they're not a number one fight organization in the country. They definitely act like they are and they work like they are, but they're not UFC, right? But they right. integrate with UFC. And so we will all find a way to integrate. We will all find a way to utilize promotions um, and to utilize our pieces. And the MSOs are going to stay the powerhouse. They, they're going to... Yeah get their foot in the ground on the ground first any of these people getting their first licenses they're going to get their piece but it's going to be a piece and it's not going to be fair trade it's not going to be fair right, trade they're going to be right, behind right, right. Yeah. and I, and i want people to know that it's the state who set up the system this way so if yes, you don't you want to blame anybody don't blame the msos they're just doing business as usual don't blame the people who partnered up with the msos they're just trying to get ahead in the game blame the state there is only one opponent, and that is the state. And people need to remember that. The state sets up the system. The people, the MSOs, just take advantage of it. But that's just how they do business. 
that it's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you, Joe. That's a bold <laughs> statement, Joe. Joe put some war lines down just now. I was like, man, Joe, drop some war lines there, man. I don't know. And, and let me tell you, that not only applies to the cannabis industry, that applies to everything. And I will leave it as that. If you want to know who the enemy is, look at the people running the show. Now, um, Mike, we only have a couple minutes left. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. And, um, you know, the best way to, to find out what's been going on with Sweet Heel and, and where your shop is. Give the address of that. Absolutely. We're at 1371 East Main Street in Meriden, Connecticut. Um, you can find us online at SweetHeel.com. You can find us on Google Maps on Sweet, at Sweet Heel. Um, you can also find where some of our products are sold from both locations, Google Maps or, or Sweet Heel. Um, you can also ask your local dispensaries if they carry our products. <laughs> um, ah. In the background, again, there's lots of products that are locally local here that we help to manufacture. We have you know over 46 brands in the state that we help them. So your chances are you're going to end up using products that we we manufacture. Um, so regardless of whether you can find Sweet Heel, find a local product and buy that product and support local. Period. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find us on Instagram and Facebooks and all the others as sweet heel. Sometimes it's sweet heel CBD or sweet heel shops. They all have their own message, but they're all us. All right, Mike. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great holiday and please keep us posted. Best of luck with everything. And I just want to thank you for all your hard work that you've done out in the community. You are one of the pioneers and I personally, and I know the community really appreciates what you do. So thanks. Thank you very, very much. 100%. Mike, we always love catching up with you and you're a great guy. and You do amazing things. I always enjoy working with you and, and our friendship as well. So big shout out to you, Sweet Hill, and everything you guys have going on. Oh, big shout out to everybody at your shop. It's not just Sweet Hill. You also do recommendations there and you have full line of everything let's uh, remember higher health is also there so we give a big shout out as well that's right big shout out to higher health and Anne marie send our best send our best awesome you guys hey and thank you again it's always a pleasure to be here and uh and yeah Anne marie has been a big part of our our story moving forward and she you know we share a shop um her business is still hers etc but um we are doing the the you know large bodies of work together and so it's been a, it's been a great it's been a great bonding with the community as a whole especially companies like hers excellent mike thanks again and um we're gonna sign off now like share follow us greenhaven media cannabis corner radio on instagram facebook and uh we will see you all next week with connecticut uncle lou take care mike take care Bye, everybody Thanks for an excellent show. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. See y'all next week. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey.